Have you ever been in love? Really, truly in love? In reality, that can take several forms. Marital bliss of 25 years. A new love after a separation. Or a discreet, controversial love from an extramarital affair. In early 2018, three individuals would take a chance on love. But on a sunny spring day in the suburbs of Philadelphia, they would discover what happens when that love implodes. This is the case of the Gerardo Love Triangle. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 8 of Crime Cave. I'm Christy, and today's episode is quite the controversial one, because the circumstances involved really could happen to any of us. So let's get to know Janair, Mark, and Meredith. Janair Cox Gerardo was born on December 1st, 1970, and was raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana. One of two girls, Janair was described as a fireball, intense and feisty. She had a confidence beyond her years. She loved birds, Motown music, competed in show choir, and was good at sports. Her dream job was to travel on safaris as a photographer. She was definitely noticed for her beautiful blue eyes and big smile. Mark Gerardo was born in 1968 and raised in a very large family in rural Indiana. At 18, he crossed paths with 16-year-old Janair while she worked behind the counter at a Taco Bell, and he was immediately smitten. He said that she made a brown polyester uniform look really good. Janair didn't seem to care what anyone thought, and that was the complete opposite of Mark, but that excited him. When he was around her, he was tongue-tied and couldn't even speak. When they ran into each other a couple of years later at a car repair shop, he began visiting her at her job at the mall so he could talk to her. She finally asked him, Are you going to ask me out or what? They then embarked on the start of their relationship. Mark had been raised in a strict religious family and would later say that Janair is the one who schooled him in the joys of sex. But after only three months, Mark was ready to explore other territories. He'd met a girl in one of his college classes and broke it off with Janair. However... It wasn't long before the tables were turned, and when Mark's new love interest ended up dumping him some months later, he asked Janair for her forgiveness and promised her he would never hurt her again. Five years would pass before they would marry on October 23, 1993, when Mark was 25 and Janair was 23. Their wedding video depicts a luminous couple singing to each other as they danced to Frank Sinatra's It Had to Be You. Mark said they were happy, and that he couldn't imagine not being with her for the rest of his life. Over the next 24 years, they had their ups and downs. They vaguely discussed having kids, but didn't really have a plan. Instead, they had two golden retrievers. Both pursued careers in marketing. However, Janair experienced occasional job instability. About 10 years into their marriage, when Mark traveled to Berlin with his best friend, Mark had a one-night stand with a woman he met. When Janair found out, the couple attended marriage boot camp and resolved to repair their marriage and move forward. In November 2011, they moved to Greenville, South Carolina, where they both found new jobs in marketing. With a new environment, they experienced somewhat of a renaissance in their marriage, frequently exploring the state's mountains and beaches. 
Throughout the next several years, Janair would find temporary success in the marketing field, but would often find herself getting laid off or let go. She struggled to find another job, which took a toll on her self-esteem. She eventually took a job as a cashier at a Publix grocery store. Meanwhile, Mark noticed a job opening on LinkedIn for a creative director at the University of Delaware. Since both he and Janair hadn't planned to make the South their forever home, Mark reached out and was soon on his way north for his interview. On October 3rd, 2017, Mark walked into the office of 32-year-old Meredith Chapman. Meredith Sullivan Chapman was born January 31st, 1985, and raised in Newark, Delaware. A dynamic and talented multitasker, she earned both her undergrad and her master's degrees from the University of Delaware, where she was cheer captain and involved in gymnastics, dance recitals, and student council. She would then embark on a successful career as director of digital media at UD, where she taught courses in digital marketing and public relations. Married to city councilman Luke Chapman for eight years, Meredith made a run for state senate at age 30, participated in several races for charity, and made the list of Delaware's 30 under 30. Incredibly photogenic, Meredith was always posting to social media with the hashtag AlwaysTheGirlInGreen. She was only 4 foot 11, and her major shopping weakness was high heels. Mark got the job. Meredith had asked him to start right away. So, while Janair stayed back in South Carolina to get their personal affairs in order and list their home, Mark moved ahead to Delaware. While Mark was getting acclimated to his new job, he began spending a lot of time with his new boss, Meredith, who was definitely someone who could dazzle a room, but also had the skills and guts to back it up. Mark was also apparently dazzled. The two began going to dinner for hours at a time and sharing with each other the stagnant state of their marriages. And after only four weeks, the two kissed. Let's just say their courtship was lightning fast. Mark even found himself gushing about Meredith during phone calls with Janair about how impressed he was with her professional decorum. Janair already sensed something was up. She half-jokingly told him, don't fall in love with her. To Janair, he laughed it off. But in reality, Mark and Meredith had already slept together and said, I love you. After Janair had made the move to Wilmington, Delaware in December of 2017, she noticed her husband continued to be distant. So she decided to make some attempts at self-improvement. She started going to the gym and got blonde highlights in her hair, hoping that might get his attention. When nothing seemed to work, she flat out said, It's Meredith, isn't it? Again, Mark denied it. In a brand new town with no job, no friends, and nothing but time on her hands, Janair made it her sole mission to find out. What ensued was something straight out of True Detective. Janair ordered several mini listening devices and sewed them into the lining of Mark's clothing. She was then able to hear conversations such as this. Come the time that you and I have been in this, like, well, maybe there's something more phase. Yep. That's all I can think about. It's all I can think about. And I'm, I'm the hopeless romantic who I had... 
no intentions of this being what happened when I interviewed you at all. Thank God, not at all. I didn't think that working at UD this would ever happen. Janair contacted Meredith's husband, Luke, and told him about his wife's affair and also alerted the higher-ups at the University of Delaware about the inappropriate relationship between boss and employee, which led to an investigation and, ultimately, Meredith losing her job. Janair regularly retrieved Mark's underwear from their hamper and sent it off to a lab to test for female DNA. She also attached a GPS tracker on Mark's car, as well as Meredith's, and labeled the devices Liar, Jerk, and Whore. Now, Janair had gotten into a pattern each night of removing the listening devices, downloading the material, and transcribing every conversation. She would then recharge them and sew them back in. While the devices captured every interaction between Mark and Meredith, including the demise of Meredith's own marriage, they also included the conversations between Mark and Janair forward with our lives. I can't get closure, regardless if I'm with you or not, until I know the whole truth. It's obviously bad, or you don't, because you don't want to tell me, because if you just made out a couple times, it wouldn't be that. You tell me that. I'm going to tell you anything. Tell me the truth, because you want to protect her truth till her dying day. You're protecting her to the grave even now. 48 days you were alone with her. How many times? I, I Where? Assume the worst discussion she wants. No, see, that's just it. Details. I, it's not all the details. I no, just want to know, did no. you did you have sex I early was, on? No. And have did you have sex at a hotel? I want to know the truth. No. Mark, oh my God. Do I need to turn? Someday you will. Do I need to, I don't want something. I need to start this process now. I need it. Now, this is only one example of Janair's obvious desperation and emotional spiral. I highly recommend listening to the podcast called Bad Bad Thing by Barbara Schroeder. It's a six-episode series devoted only to this case and includes incredibly in-depth conversations that were captured on Janair's recordings. Meanwhile, Meredith's life was looking up. She had accepted a prestigious position at Villanova University as an assistant vice president and, of course, was continuing her relationship with Mark. Janair and Meredith met briefly only once. Mark had told Janair he was going to do some work at Starbucks, but his GPS tracker said otherwise. Janair made her way to his actual location, a wine bar where Mark and Meredith were tucked away at a cozy table for two, sharing a bottle of wine. Janair stormed up to them and loudly demanded that Mark come home now. He told her no. Meredith remained stoic, but Janair leaned over and whispered in Meredith's ear, There's a special place in hell for women like you. On April 23, 2018, Janair bought a new outfit, a black cap, black shirt and pants, and a wig. She fed her cat and dog, cleaned their apartment, and laid out some of her and Mark's financial documents. She rented a car, drove to Radnor, Pennsylvania, and parked a couple blocks away from Meredith's new house. She walked up to the entrance of an enclosed porch, broke the door glass, and let herself in. 
She found a broom and dustpan to sweep up the broken glass and waited. Meredith finished up her workday and posted a beaming selfie on Instagram. Shortly before 7 p.m., Meredith walked into her home and Janaire shot her in the face. Janaire then called a friend and left a voicemail. I did a bad thing. She then shot herself in the head. Here's what we know about the week leading up to the murder-suicide. Mark had believed that Janaire was turning a corner and seemed to be acting normal. They had made plans to meet for dinner to discuss finalizing their divorce. But instead, Janaire was outside Meredith's house, sifting through her garbage can. She then texted Mark a photo of a used condom and sent him three final messages. You ruined my life. I hope you never find happiness. And... By Mark. He quickly deduced that Janaire had made her way to Meredith's house to confront her. But what he found when he got there was his worst nightmare, which seemed to be what Janaire wanted. Mark would sell all of his belongings and drive across the country, starting a new life in California. So, what are we to make of this case? There's no mystery, there's no whodunit. There's just three adults who made some decisions and two of them ended up dead. Now, there is a lot of coverage on this case out there. And, of course, subsequently, lots of feedback as to who's to blame. This is a tragedy for all involved. Now, it should be noted that Mark wrote a book about his experience, hoping that it would help others. And actually, all the proceeds have gone to charity. These were three individuals that had a lot to offer the world, but their lives were destroyed. One final random thought that kept going through my head as I was researching this case. How Janaire didn't find work as a private investigator is absolutely beyond me. Hey everybody, it's Ray the Roadie. And this is Hollywood Mike with the Rock and Roll Chicago Podcast coming to you from the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66 in Joliet, Illinois. Where once a week we are interviewing local musicians and singer-songwriters and the podcast itself covers a wide range of topics including, but not limited to, the history of rock and roll in Chicago, the current state of the scene, and the challenges and opportunities facing musicians today. So join us every Tuesday for a new exciting episode of the Rock and Roll Chicago podcast. Thanks for joining me. This episode of Crime Cave has been brought to you by Fortress Defense Consultants, providing security consulting for educational institutions, corporate facilities, and houses of worship, as well as pepper spray, situational awareness, and defensive firearms training for police and private citizens. Find Fortress on the web at FortressDefense.com. Contact Fortress directly at 708-522-8060 or email them at info at FortressDefense.com. Avoid being the subject of a future episode of Crime Cave. Train with Fortress today. Until next time.